This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go on and praise him. It was you, Lord, that pulled us all the way through 2021. It was you at the end of last year, Lord, when we were so happy to look forward to a new year and Corona said, I ain't finished with you yet. It was you. Lord, it was you. Hallelujah. God. So good. So good. Hallelujah. It's indeed an honor and a privilege for me to stand before you on this morning. I give honor to my pastor, the Reverend Thurman Neil Tillman to this congregation, to all those who are watching on YouTube and Facebook. We thank God for you this morning. If you would turn with me in your Bibles again to Matthew, the second chapter. We'll read again in your hearing verses 13 through 18. Hallelujah. If you found it, let it be known by a hearty amen. amen. If you're still looking, say, help me, Lord. All right. I ain't hear no help me, Lord, so we have found it. Read along with me silently as I read aloud. It says, verse 13, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed in all the male children in Bethlehem and in all the region who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you, we praise you, and we magnify you on today. We give you the glory and honor that's due your name. Lord, we thank you for your son Jesus who died for us. And Lord, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and we thank you, Lord, that you thought it not robbery to allow us to wake up this morning 
with our mind fixed on you to wake up and decide to come into the house of worship on this morning. Lord, this is your Bible. These are your people. I'm your man for this moment. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I had to give a title to today's message, I would simply title it Trouble After Christmas. Trouble After Christmas. I want to take time and do a comparison and contrast of two kings. As I research this text and look to see what some of the ancient fathers of the faith had written about it, and maybe preached in the past, I couldn't find much. Many of them chose to skip this passage. I can remember in my lifetime one preacher that I've heard preach a sermon from this text, and that's where I borrow my subject, the late great Reverend Cameron Alexander, who was our state president for many years, preached when I was just a teenager from this subject, and it had such an impression on me that I've chosen to borrow the topic. The sermon isn't quite the same. I'm in no way as great a preacher as Cameron Alexander. But if you bear with me, we're going to let God have his way. So we look at Matthew 2 as actually a postlude to the holy day, the holiday that we call Christmas, the day we celebrated just on yesterday. It includes the visit of the Magi, or the wise men, as we call them. If you read the story of the Magi visit, it doesn't say that they went to Bethlehem. As a matter of fact, Jesus at this time was probably not in Bethlehem. Remember, Joseph and Mary had come from Nazareth to Bethlehem to register where Jesus was born. Eight days later, he and Mary took Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to be presented and witnessed by Simeon and Anna. And when they returned to Nazareth, this was what happened It's probably a year or so later in Matthew 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Jesus, or King Herod, the Magi from the east, who were probably princes or from the area of Babylon, they traveled some 900 to 1,000 miles, which was at that time probably a six-month journey. They came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him, the Bible says. When he called together all the peoples, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied. It says, but you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them 
to Bethlehem and say, go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. They probably followed the star some 68 miles from Jerusalem to Nazareth. According to Luke 2 and 39, it says, When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. Talking about Mary and Joseph here. It says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Matthew 2.13 says, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He says, get up, take the child and his mother and escape into Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. And they stayed there until Herod had died. And on that occasion, two different prophecies were fulfilled. And it says in verse 19, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. And he said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. We look back in the scriptures, we can consider Matthew 1 in the historical approach as sort of a Christmas Eve. It's God's fulfillment of promises and predictions at Jesus' birth. But in the second chapter, we see here more of the same overwhelming evidence after 400 years of silence during the time between the Old and New Testament, during the time between B.C. and A.D., God speaks loudly and clearly through his son. The story of Matthew 2 displays the extreme contrast between two kings. There is much history recorded about King Herod. He was known for his colossal building projects in Jerusalem and elsewhere, including his expansion of the second temple in Jerusalem, which is historically referred to as Herod's temple. It's a well-known historical fact that he was preoccupied with his power and prestige and his possessions. He was never satisfied with his personal wealth and seemed to have a rather poor self-image in spite of his position. He was a man who was preoccupied with paranoia of self-preservation. He was always afraid of losing his prestige, his power, and his position, so much so that he murdered many people. That's the way he often dealt with his fears. His title of Herod the Great was widely disputed since he was also described as a madman who murdered his own family going so far as to murder his wife and two of his sons. Although he was a convert to the Jewish 
religion, he murdered many great rabbis. His notoriety for infanticide, killing the baby boys of Bethlehem, did not protect his power and prestige, but it actually paved the way for his own death. Many people, me included, questioned why God did not just kill Herod instead of allowing Herod to kill those children. I can't fully understand or answer that question. But it's evident from our passage that Herod was used by God to fulfill Old Testament prophecies. The claim is often that those children were innocent and did not deserve death. That's not entirely true. They were still born in sin and deserving of death. I know that don't sound good, but that's the Bible. The main point is that God preserved the Messiah for the mission to which he was called. To be born, to minister, and to prove he was the perfect son of God. He endured temptation. More than that, he endured a gruesome death on the cross. But there was a glorious resurrection and ascension as the king of kings and the lord of lords. On the other hand, King Herod was a proud, paranoid, egotistical murderer whose kingdom died along with him. King Jesus was not just the opposite, but he was so much more. Understand this, that when you attempt to hold on to power and prestige, you always end up taking from others, and in the end, you lose. King Jesus still filled with promise. Even though there was trouble after Christmas, King Jesus, not only did he fulfill prophecy, but he is still fulfilling his promises. Promises are all about fulfillment. They're about fulfillment to others. Promises about filling others, not taking from others. Remember the word fulfill. One of the meanings is to be filled to the brim. When you are filled to the brim or fulfilled, you spill over. And Jesus already is filled with every good and godly thing. And he promises to give all perfect things to us. Jesus doesn't take from us in order to satisfy himself. He gives to satisfy you so from his fullness you will be filled. Jesus didn't take anything from us except our sin. His promise is to give you not just something, but all things necessary for you to be filled with goodness from God. King Jesus is still filled with peace and eternal glory. If you can imagine this, Herod, who killed his own wife and two sons, to say that Jesus is the opposite is a gross understatement. See, the exact contrast would be that Jesus did not kill his loved ones. But Jesus went infinitely beyond that. It's impossible for Jesus to be anything but infinite in every way that he exists. He didn't not only not kill his loved ones, but he actually gave up his own life for his loved ones. Jesus is infinitely and eternally and perfectly protecting and providing for his children. Holy power and purpose. Matthew 2 ends with these words. He will be called a Nazarene. 
If a person took the vow of a Nazarene, it meant that they were set apart for God's purposes. The word Nazareth means the guarded one. And in this story, Jesus was certainly guarded and protected by not only Joseph, but by the Father who also protects us. What a tremendous contrast to King Herod who resembles the prince of this world. See, if we understand the prince of this world, I'm talking about the devil, he comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to deceive, if possible, and it's not, even the elect of God, God's chosen children. The devil twists the truth of the word of God every chance he gets. He started in the beginning with Adam and Eve by a simple question, did God really say? He just wants to cast a little doubt. He tries to obstruct the way of the heavenly father's love. Satan, the word Satan in Hebrew means adversary, resistance, opposition. He tries to dethrone King Jesus by doing everything he can. But Jesus is still reigning today on his heavenly throne. Many people today deny that Jesus is reigning. They deny that he is reigning as king now, but to do so is to deny that Jesus is Lord in Christ. Ephesians 1.18 and following says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Understand this. The Magi story is much more than a contrast of two kings. It is a contrast between two distinct kingdoms. It is a contrast between the kingdoms of this world and that of the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, Jesus. Jesus is reigning and shall reign forever. Where is Herod? Historical fact records that Herod received word of Jesus' birth when he was already old and failing in health. But he was still crafty and cruel and calloused. He demonstrated how he was totally unlike the wise men because Herod sought to reject and destroy the Messiah as does most of the world. But I want to give you some good news. Wise men still seek him. Today, though wise men and women still seek Jesus from all corners of the earth, Isaiah 55 is a powerful chapter of warning as well as comfort. Verse 6 and 7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Not about getting sick, but everything concerned with the pardon and the forgiveness of sin. Wise people still search God's words and seek the Savior. Wise people do not discard or discredit God's message, but listen to his warnings. Ephesians 1.14 says, for this reason it says, awake sleeper, you who are spiritually sleeping and arise from the dead, don't be eternally 
and spiritually dead and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Verse 11 of our text said, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down. They fell on their faces. What would cause princes to fall on their faces before a young child in the home of a carpenter? John 18, 6, same thing happened to the guards who were trying to arrest Jesus. He said to them, I am he. And they drew back and fell to the ground. They worshiped him. It was Jesus. He said in Luke 10, 18, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He saw the unholy one fall from the presence of the holy one. It is what Mary, Jairus, the leper, the blind man, they all did it in the presence of Jesus of Nazareth. It was what Paul did on the Damascus road when he heard the voice from heaven bellowed, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It was what Isaiah did when he saw the thrice holy Lord sitting on the throne, lofty and exalted, when he cried out, Woe is me, for I am a man undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. He worshiped. It's what John did before the presence of the holy Jesus in Revelation. It is what the 24 elders did before Jesus in the heavenly throne in Revelation 4. It is what the very stars of the heaven will one day do in the presence of his holy wrath. The only way that these magi would possibly fall down before this baby was if God had revealed to them that they were in the presence of the holy Messiah. So they did. They did what we should also do in his presence. They fell down and worshiped him. That is what wise men and women do, still do in his presence, in the presence of the Holy One of Heaven. The only possible response to a holy God and to a holy Savior is with a holy response. Today, wise men still seek Jesus and foolish ones reject him. Jesus is worshiped in all the nations of the world, but also everywhere he is wounded. The way that true worshipers ascribe authority, dignity, and honor to Christ is to serve him. Wise men and women still present their gifts in their lives. It is not optional. It is our logical and sensible response. It is only logical that when you have an encounter with the Holy One, when you have an encounter with the Christ, that you give everything to him. Herod hung on to his life and lost it. He refused the wisdom of God when the message of the Mazai was delivered to him. And he lost dearly. My question to you today is, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? This Jesus who was born a cute little baby boy, but came to die. He came to live and die. But oh, I'm so glad that the story doesn't stop there. See, although he died on the cross, they took him down off that cross. They buried him in a bar tomb, and he stayed in that tomb all night, Friday night. Stayed there all day Saturday. But early on Sunday morning, he got up. Got up with all power. Power over death. Power.
power over sickness, power over the grave. And he's coming again. Oh, I'm glad about it. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad about it. Glory to God. Wise men and women still worship him. They still seek him from afar and they're still bowing down before him. Again, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? God bless you. If you're listening and you don't know what to do with Jesus, I want you to pray with me. It's a simple prayer. Simple prayer. See, Jesus died that you might live. He died for your eternal salvation. He gave up his life that you might have life and that life more abundantly. We're going to pray a simple prayer, and you can just pray along with me. Repeat after me this prayer. God, be remiss if you would leave here today after hearing the message of Jesus and turn away from him. It's a simple prayer. Let us pray. It says, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I want to turn away from my sinful life into the life you have planned for me. Please forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me of my past and make me new. I know your son Jesus died for me. I believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead. At this very moment, I accept, confess, and proclaim Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior to live in my heart from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace that has saved me from my sins and has given me eternal life. Please send your Holy Spirit to guide me and to help me do your will for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, forget about a feeling, but it's a fact said if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead then you shall be saved salvation is a fact it's not about a feeling
have our benediction and prayer let us not for grant the opportunity to give if you're in the house worshiping with us there are offering boxes you can give if you need a giving envelope the ushers will get you one just raise your hand for those of you that are online with us you can go to our giving app givelify g-i-v-e-l-i-f-y and you can give there and you can also mail in your contributions to 23 montgomery street savannah georgia 314 Zero one. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you, we praise you, and we magnify you again on today. We give you the glory and honor that's due your name. Lord, we thank you once again for your son Jesus who died for us. Lord, we thank you for everything that's been said and done here on the day, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that as you dismiss us from this place, but never your presence, that you would be with us, lead God, and direct us, protect us, and allow no hurt, harm, or danger to come upon us. And now may the grace of God the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let every heart say amen. Amen. Amen, amen. amen again. When I ask that you please remain seated while our ushers dismiss you. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.